0: Welcome everyone, so good to have all of you at all of our churches, Bluntstown, Chimpley and Mariana. We're glad to have you as we finish up our conversation. Been a four week conversation called The Problem of Me and it's been a conversation that I absolutely believe that if you lean into it, it'll help you experience life without all the frustration of feeling like that I'm failing God and I'm failing, becoming that person that God made me to be. Now, as we've said throughout this whole series, this has kind of been a foundational thought. It's impossible to solve a problem if you don't know what's causing the problem. If we don't know what is causing the problem of me, it's almost impossible to solve that problem. In fact, the truth is, many of you at many of our locations, you've been trying to solve you for a long time, haven't you? In fact, it's why some of you are with us in church today, You, you think... Well, maybe I've tried everything else. Maybe if I just go to church and become a little bit more religious, then I can solve the problem of me. But have you noticed that there is one word that sums up every religion? There's one word that sums up every religion. For every religion, you can sum it up with one word, and that is rules. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Most religions, they have the same or similar rules. I mean, study any religion out there. And they have rules like, don't lie, don't hurt others, don't sleep with somebody's spouse, care for those in need. Now here's the thing, I I doubt any of you would argue that those are good rules. You'd all go, yeah, those are really good rules. The problem is, is we can't seem to keep those rules very well, can we? And, And then what do all religions say when we break these rules. Well, every religion has pretty much the same response when you break their rules. It's kind of like this. You ought to, you didn't, so now you'll pay. I mean, we just, just pick the religion of your choice, and they'll teach you, you ought to. You you ought to do this, you ought to do that. They've got their list of rules, and and, and when you look at the list of rules, you think that, Oh, they sound good, yeah, I ought to do that. That sounds like what a good person would do. And then three days later, you didn't. You've already broken the rules. And now you're in trouble. And and let me just tell you, one of the ways that you know you have a rules-based religion is you believe that you get in trouble. Well, now I'm in trouble with God, or I'm in trouble with the pastor, or I'm in trouble with this person. No, no, that's rules-based. So you didn't, now you've broken the rules, and now that you're in trouble, it's time that you what? Pay. And oh, by the way, there are even rules for how you pay. Right? You gotta give some money, you gotta pray more, you gotta do penance. And then if you break the rules, guess what you do? You start all over again. You go back to square one and you begin the process again. The, the, the thing I wanna point out this morning is, it's not that rules are bad. The problem is, we're just not any good at keeping the rules. In fact, you can write this down. This is the trap of all religions. Religion informs us what to do, it doesn't enable us to do it. Make sure you understand that. Religion informs us what to do, it does not enable us to do it. Now here's the good news. When Jesus showed up, he took a different approach than religion. He did not hand us a list of 100 rules or 50 rules or even 10 rules. In fact, when Jesus showed up, he only had one rule. You know what this one rule was? It was this. It was love one another the way that I have loved you. In fact, what's so interesting is when you read the New Testament, you discover that the early followers of Jesus, they were committed to a person, to following Jesus. They were not committed to a creed. They were not committed to a contract of some kind. So here's the thing I want to say to you this morning. If you have adopted a version of Christianity that's very religious that's very rule-based, in fact, you believe that you can get in trouble with God, or you can get in trouble with the pastor, or you can get in trouble with the priest, or that kind of thing, very rule-based thinking, then here's the thing, you're thinking like a majority of people who call themselves Christians think. The bad news is, is if you think that way, you're gonna spend your life very frustrated. Because a relationship with Jesus doesn't work very well trying to live out and trying to keep all these rules. But here's the good news. Jesus didn't just reduce the number of rules that people had to follow. Because remember in the Old Testament, it wasn't just 10 commandments. It was like 614 commandments. So he didn't just reduce the number of rules that people had to follow. And he didn't pay the penalty for us just when we fail to follow the rules. No, Jesus went as far as to give us a way that we can follow the rule to be the person that God made us to be. So today, as we wrap up this four-week conversation, I wanna show you the difference between religion and maybe the version of Christianity that you have been presented, And then I wanna show you the life and the relationship that Jesus actually came to introduce into this world that is available to you. And let me just say to you, if you're at any of our churches today, if you're here on our Marianna campus and, and you're new to this series and you find yourself feeling like Man, I have been taught a version of Christianity that is based more on rules than on a relationship with Jesus as we go through this conversation today. I would encourage you to go back and watch or listen to the first three parts of this conversation because they will help you really better understand your problem. It's the problem that we all have, what God has done about it, so that you can become the person that God has made you to be. In fact, you can watch all those episodes on our website or an app. I would encourage you to do that. But in case you haven't been with us, let me just say this. Here's kind of the central theme of this series. The central theme of this series is found in Romans chapter 6. You may want to write this down, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul made this very, very bold claim. Here's what he said. He said, for sin, we're gonna come back to this idea of what sin is, because when the Apostle Paul uses the word sin here, he's not using it as a verb, an action, it's a, it's a noun. He says, for sin, it's a thing, shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but are under grace. Don't miss this, you are not under the law, but you are now under grace. So if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, This statement could be a little bit confusing, but I think this diagram can help, and it's what we call the Christ line, Adam's line, Christ line diagram. And what you have to understand is this. When God created Adam, he was sinless, and there was no sin in this world. But then when Adam sinned, what happened is sin entered the world, the sin nature entered into humanity. Because we're all in Adam's line for every generation, the sin nature has been passed all the way down to you. So we are born in this world sinners. You don't sin and therefore become a sinner. No, you sin because you are born in this world a sinner. Let me help you understand that. It's why you don't have to teach a three-month-old, a four-month-old, a six-month-old to get angry and throw a temper tantrum. You don't have, I mean, at any of our campuses, have you ever had to teach your children to sin? You've never had to do that. And the reason is, is because we are born in Adam's line with a sin nature, therefore we sin. And for some of you, that's freeing. Because you think that you're a sinner because you have committed all these sins. No, you sin because you were born in this world with a sin nature. But here's the thing, when you trust in Jesus as your savior, you are actually, scripture tells us, the apostle Paul described this, when you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and savior, that he truly died and rose again, To pay the penalty and to break the power of sin, then when you choose to trust in that, then you are transferred out of Adam's line into Christ's line. So before you trusted Jesus as your savior, you were in Adam's line. So everything that was true of Adam is true of you. You were under condemnation, guilt, shame. And the result of that is everything leads to death because wherever sin is, death always follows. Not just physical death, but the death of relationships, the death of your finances, the death of your career. There's always death riding on the heels of sin. But when you trust in Christ, you are transferred to Christ line, you are a new you because as we told you in week two, you are adopted into God's forever family. You now have a new authority. The law is no longer your master. Your new authority is Jesus Christ who died on the cross. That's why the Apostle Paul says you are now under grace. So here's the thing, if you are in Christ, it's why you can say sin is not my master, I am under grace. And it's why you can say, I don't have to listen to sin when sin says, hey, feet, I want you to go there. Or hey, eyes, I want you to look there. Or hey, mouth, I want you to say that. Or fingers, I want you to text this. Or brain, I want you to think that. No, no, sin is not my master. I am under grace. But here's the thing, it gets even better than that. The Apostle Paul says, you don't have to live under, you ought to. You didn't, now you're gonna pay. You don't have to live under that approach anymore. You are not under the law, it's not your master. Sin is not your master, you are living under grace. And here's the thing that many of you have never heard before that you need to understand this morning and that is this. Grace isn't rule-based. Grace is relational. It is absolutely relational and here is why that matters. The rules or the law, in fact the Apostle Paul says this in Galatians, he says the law is good for one thing, is to show you whether you pass the class or not. That's what the law is good for. But the law can't help you pass the class. The law can't help you become a better rule follower or a law keeper. The law is more like a mirror. It just shows you all the places that you have failed in your life. It does not help you be a better person. It just shows you, that law, it just shows you what a bad person you are, your inability to live up to God's standard. But the Apostle Paul is proclaiming to all of us, you don't have to live under the law's condemnation and guilt and shame anymore. You can break that mirror of the law because you are now under grace. And while the law is very religious, grace is entirely relational. That that is why Jesus never invited us to follow a religious system. He introduced a much better way than to follow the rules. In fact, what he did, he introduced us and invited us to follow him in a relationship with him. In fact, here's how Jesus described this relationship with him that he wants us to have to his followers in John chapter 15. You may want to look this up and highlight this verse because it's so important because this is the essence of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what he says in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, Jesus referring to himself. He says, I am the vine. You, as a follower of Jesus, are the branches. If you remain in me, literally connected to me. If you, some of your versions will say, if you abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So according to Jesus, a relationship with him is not about rule keeping, it's not about law following. Um, think about it, look at this verse again. Where are the rules? Where are the laws? Where are the commands? Jesus is saying, you don't need any of that. Here's how Jesus is saying it works. He says, you have to learn that, that your relationship with me is like branches that are connected to a vine. What, is a, what does a branch do? Think about this, what does a branch do? A branch does nothing. It just stays connected to the vine. And as long as that branch is connected, the life of the vine, it just flows through that branch. And that branch then begins to produce fruit. But you cut that branch off, from that vine, and guess what happens? Nothing grows. In fact, what happens is the branch dies, and Jesus says, that's what I'm inviting you into. I'm inviting you into this personal relationship that is so close and so connected that your life literally comes from me. Jesus is saying, listen, stay connected to me and let my life flow through you. And then he says, and we're gonna see in just a moment, and then you'll begin to change and be who you were created to be. But he says, apart from me, it's never gonna work. Notice he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't become the person that God created you to be if you're trying to do life rule-based. See, following Jesus isn't about rule-keeping. It's not about law-following. It is about connecting and remaining. It's about connecting and remaining or abiding. It's not about trying harder. Really... It's about choosing to follow Jesus as my Lord and then trusting Jesus as I stay connected to him, trusting him more and more and more and as as I see him change me more and more, I trust him more and more and he changes me from the inside out. Now for many of you, man, doesn't that sound so much better than hey, here are five rules that you need to keep and by the way, if you mess up, you just need to try harder. You Isn't know, that so much better than this time I'll never, or and this time I'll, I'll always, or, or or this time I'm just gonna really stick with it? I mean like, you try and you try and you try, and, and then you hear somebody say to you, there you go again, or maybe you say it to yourself, there you go again, you blew it again, I knew you couldn't change. Isn't that so much better to go, oh, it's not about working harder, trying harder, It's just remaining, it's staying connected to Jesus as a vine or as a branch does to a vine. Now, I know for some of you who grew up in church world and have called yourself Christians for a long period of time, this whole idea is going to rub some of you the wrong way and you're thinking, sitting there thinking, so Paul, are you saying that we don't have to follow rules at all? And in your mind, this is what you're blowing up in your mind, you're going, what about sin? What about morals? What about right and wrong? And you're sitting there saying, are you saying that as long as I have a relationship with Jesus, I can just do anything that I wanna do? No, I am not saying that. What I am saying is what the Apostle Paul said and what Jesus taught and that is this, that anyone who is in Christ, anyone who is following Jesus should no longer live like somebody under the law. But more than that, anyone who is in Christ is free to start living like someone who is in Christ, someone who is under grace. And you go, what does that look like? I'm glad you asked, because in Galatians chapter five, beginning in verse 16, the apostle Paul, he takes his whole idea of the vine and the branch to the next level, and he explains what it means to start following and living relationally with Jesus. Notice what he says, Galatians chapter five, verse 16. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of God. The flesh. And the big question many of you have is so, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? It it means I stay connected to Jesus as a branch does to a vine. It means I follow Jesus by staying in step with Jesus in every action and every reaction in my life. In fact, the reality is you can tell more about your relationship with Jesus based upon your reactions in life than anything else. Am I responding like Jesus would respond? I don't want you to miss this. As a follower of Jesus, I don't get to choose, once I say I'm gonna be a branch connected to the vine, I don't get to choose how I act and how I react. No, to walk by the Spirit, it means I submit to follow Jesus in every action and reaction in my life. To walk by the Spirit means I stay in rhythm with and my, I submit my every way to follow Jesus. And you go, what does that look like? Well, the Apostle Paul begins to tell us what that looks like. So basically he says, if you'll just begin to learn to pay attention, and you will start submitting and following Jesus in every action and reaction of every day of your life, he says, then guess what will not happen? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You won't give in to doing what your old sin nature wants to do or used to do. Instead, what will happen, he says, if you learn to walk by the Spirit, which he's gonna explain what that looks like in just a moment, he says, you'll get to the end of your day and you'll think, huh, I didn't do all that stuff that I don't wanna do but typically do, and I did the good things that I wanted to do, but usually can't do. Wow, that was a different day, that was a good day. Okay, God, let's get up and do this again tomorrow, right? So the Apostle Paul, he continues in verse 17, notice what he says, the flesh, however, desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So are we saying you do whatever you want? And the Apostle Paul says, no, you are not to do whatever you want. Now, here's the thing I know. Most of you, you know what this conflict feels like, right? It's that conflict that you experience day by day where you say, I know I should, but I don't want to. Or I know God wants me to, but I don't want to. I don't feel like it. See, that's living under the law. That conflict is the the conflict of living under the law or living under rules, and it's a no win situation. Because here's why it's a no win situation. If you do the wrong thing, you feel guilt, you feel shame, you feel condemnation. Don't miss this. However, if you do the right thing, you feel arrogant and you blog about how you're getting it right and everybody else is getting it wrong. See, because we live in a rule-based kind of Christianity world, it's why we have so many critics that are criticizing each other, that call themselves Christian. Because see, when we get it wrong, I feel guilt, shame, and condemnation. But if I happen to get it right in a certain area, then I tweet about it, I post about it, I blog about it, and I condemn everybody else for not getting it right. See, you do what the old sin nature wants, and you have to deal with the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, right, if it's all about rules. But if you follow the rules, and you feel like you're getting the rules better than somebody else, Suddenly, you're judging what everybody else does. And you're judging why everybody else doesn't get it right. Now, let me just say something for those of you that are churches today and you're not a Christ follower. Isn't this what drives you crazy about Christians? I mean, it's these Christians that are so judgmental and they think they're better than everybody else. So listen, if you're with us at any of our churches, okay? Let me tell you a secret, but don't tell any of the Christians I told you this, okay? But I've been pastoring for 28 years, so I know this to be true. They're judging you because secretly, many of them are doing the same thing that you're doing. They just wish they could. You know what I mean? They just don't want you to know it. Or the other thing is, they wish that they could do what you're doing. So they don't know how to manage their jealousy, so they get real judgy. See, they're pointing at you saying, that's wrong, but in their heart going, oh, so lucky. I wish I could do that. My flesh really wants to do that, right? That's an ugly secret, but it's true. But then over here blogging and posting about everybody who doesn't get it right, they're not getting it right. See, this is what rules-based Christianity and religion will do to you and those around you every time. It leads to shame-based, guilt-based, condemnation-based behavior, or arrogance that allows me to condemn everybody else around me and judge everybody else around me. That's what rules-based religion does for you. And the Apostle Paul said, sin is no longer your master, you are under grace. He says there's a much better way. Notice verse 18, here's what it says. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law which means you don't have to keep wrestling with all that guilt and all that shame and all that condemnation, and you don't have to keep wrestling with this pride that makes you judge other people. No, if you just focused on following Jesus and your relationship with him. Can I tell you something? If you just focused on Jesus and following him and your relationship with him, you wouldn't have time to judge other people and write blogs and post on Facebook and all these other social media platforms. Just a thought, but it could change your life and it could change the church. Notice verse 19. He says, but the acts of the flesh are what? Obvious. They're so obvious that we don't even have to go into listing them out or reading them. You can read them for yourself later, but you've all experienced them. I mean, they're all the excesses and appetites. They're all the excesses and bad attitudes. They're all the excesses in, in wrong reactions or any wrong reaction. It's all of those things. And what happens is, is you fall into the acts of the flesh and because you live by this rule-based behavior, then you try harder to be better and follow the rules better and what you end up doing is you end up feeling condemned and I'll never make it. You feel like a failure and you feel so far away from God or you end up all jealous and proud and angry and selfish. I mean, the list could go on and on. But he's saying, when you learn to pay attention and stay in step with the Spirit, and you stay connected to Christ like a a branch does to a vine, he says, here's what happens in your life. Notice this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. He said, that's what happens when you're truly in a relationship with Jesus. All of your reactions, all of your actions flow out of the fruit of a relationship with Jesus. Now, some of you who've grown up in church and you grew up in this rule-keeping kind of mindset, you hear us read this and you go, if you have a rule-keeper mindset, you go, yep, that's what I wanna be. I'm gonna try harder to love more I'm going to try harder to be more patient. I'm going to try harder to be kind. I'm going to try hard to be more gentle. And by God, I'm going to try harder to have more self-control. If it kills me, I'm going to have more self-control. Thanks for the list. God, I got it. Get out of the way. Watch me keep the rules. The Apostle Paul goes, no, no, no. This is not a to-do list. This is a fruit list. Please understand this. Fruit doesn't try harder to be fruit. Make sure you understand this. Fruit is produced in and through us, not by us. See, fruit is only produced when the branch is connected to the vine so that the life of the vine can flow through it to produce fruit. And what the Apostle Paul is really telling us in this passage is he's saying, listen, it's not my fruit. It's the vine's fruit that is produced through me. It's not my effort that makes it happen. So I can never be arrogant. I can never be proud about the things that flow through my life. It's the life of Jesus flowing through me that makes this fruit happen in me. And so I if I focus every day on staying connected with Jesus, if I live every day staying in step with Jesus, then I just look up one day and these kind of fruit are flowing through my life. And I don't have time to judge everybody else or condemn everybody else, and I don't wanna do that because love doesn't do that. Love is patient, it is kind, it's gentle. It doesn't condemn. Read. 1 Corinthians 13, but that's not all. The Apostle Paul, he ends with this in in verses 24 and 25. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, what have they done? They have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, Now remember, as we learned over the past few weeks, Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose again, he broke the power of your old sin nature that that old sin nature had over you. Sin is not your master. You are no longer in Adam's line. You are in Christ's line. So what is true of Christ is true for you. And he says, therefore, because that is true, since we live by the Spirit, our life is the life of God flowing through us. It's not us trying harder. It's not us like, doing better at keeping the rules. He goes, no, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step, or another way to say this is let us stay connected to the vine. Let's stay in step with the Spirit. Now, here's what I know. For a lot of you, this is an entirely different approach to what your approach has been to following Jesus. You're like, if I could be more religious, if I could keep the rules, and you're vacillating between this shame, guilt, and condemnation and this arrogance that judges other people. But the Apostle Paul is saying, no, this is a totally different way to live. In fact, you could summarize it and say it this way. Following Jesus is about keeping in step with Jesus instead of following the law. It's about a relationship, not rules. And I'm just telling you, if you learn to live this way, it will change everything about you. You'll stop trying harder, and you'll focus on connecting more with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it'll change you It'll change you in ways that, man, it'll it'll bring about the changes that you wanna see in you. It'll happen to you. Not because you tried harder, but because you got up in the morning and you connected with Jesus, and you stayed connected with Jesus all through the day, and you connected with Jesus through the evening, and the night when you woke up, you connected with Jesus. You just realized, oh, I gotta stay connected with Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Because this is a new way of thinking for many of you, as as we wrap up this series, I wanna kinda give you some starter steps to help you begin walking with Jesus and remaining attached to Jesus, how to think about this. Let me give you, here's the first one. You might wanna write this down. You need to accept your new identity. Recognize that when you begin to follow Jesus, you are adopted into his family. You are not under the law, you are under grace. So you can live under his authority and you don't get in trouble under his authority. You're not in trouble. He paid the price for your sin to not pay you back, but to bring you back. You can enjoy all the benefits of being God's child. You're no longer in Adam's line under shame, guilt, and condemnation. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer trying to win God's approval. You're in Christ's line. You're dead to the power of sin. You're loved unconditionally. You're a conduit for his life. That's who you are. So when you put your trust in Jesus and you accept his forgiveness, God gives you this brand new identity, this brand new name and this new nature. You're now his child and you have this new family and you have this new authority, this authority that is full of grace and truth. He's gonna tell you the truth about you, but it's gonna be filled with grace, so you don't have to live under the power of your old sin nature anymore. In fact, here's what's gonna happen. Your old sin nature is still gonna try to tempt you to tell you what to do, but it has no authority unless you give it authority in your life. You are now in Christ with a new nature, and that's God's nature through his spirit that indwells you, and it may take some time for some of you to let go some of those former habits and ways of life under that old authority, but you are forgiven and you are free to live to be the person that God made you to be. Sin is not your master, you are not under the law, you are under your heavenly Father's grace. That's the first thing, accept your new identity. When you get up in the morning, you look at yourself and say, wow, good morning, Paul. You're a child of God. Don't use the word Paul, because that would be confusing to you. But the reality is, put your name in the blank, right? Here's the second step, pursue this new relationship. See, this is relational, it's not religion. This is all about staying connected with Jesus, paying attention and staying in step with what Jesus is doing in your life. So if it's about doing that, what do you need to do? Well, if it's relational, you probably need to spend more time with Jesus. For a lot of you, this week I would challenge you, turn off all other media other than something that's gonna turn your heart toward Jesus. See, if you're trying to stay in step with Jesus, you probably need to pay more attention to Jesus. You need to talk to him more about what's happening in and around you throughout the day. You need to listen to him more. You need to read his word. You need to listen to people who are talking about Jesus, inspiring you to look at what Jesus is doing. And, and in fact, you may need to put some reminders on your phone that will just pop up and say, pay attention to Jesus, because really the whole art of life is God, and I tell one of my small groups this all the time, I'm like, listen, life is a parable. God writes this parable every day of our life, and it's up to us to interpret or to listen so that we can interpret and lean into what God is doing in our lives. So have that reminder on your phone so every day you go, oh yeah, I'm trying to pay attention and stay in step with God. So let him talk to you about what's going on in your life, and you talk to him about what's going on. Here's the thing I challenge you to do this week. Stop asking God to help you be good or do your best or stay out of trouble. Just start submitting your body as an instrument of righteousness. Wake up in the morning going, God, because I'm your child, I know I am an instrument of righteousness. Help me to live that way. Ask God to produce his fruit through you. Remember, fruit is produced in and through us, not by us. So that means that the Christian life is not a life of of imitating Jesus, it's a life of impartation. It's Christ's life flowing through you, his fruit being produced in, in and through you. It's not by you. And so what happens is, if I'm living this way, whenever I fail, whenever I mess up, I don't respond this way anymore. I did it again. I can't believe I messed up. We have to try harder and do better. I'm gonna start going back to church. I'm gonna you know, start doing this and that. No, 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 no. When you are living as a branch connected to the vine, when you mess up, you're gonna respond like this. I got out of step. I just lost focus, I lost connection. I took my eyes off of Jesus and quit following. I forgot I don't have to do what sin tells me to do, so I'm just gonna get back in step with my Father. Please understand this, I did it again is about rules. I got out of step is about a relationship. Listen, Jesus died and rose again because you don't measure up. But here's the good news. He's now inviting you into a relationship where you just stay connected, where you follow where you pay close attention and you make sure that every reaction you have is the fruit of his spirit, just being flow, is flowing through you as you're staying connected with Jesus. You just stay in step with Jesus. Here's my question to all of you, all of our churches. Would you choose to follow this morning? To say, I'm not gonna keep the rules anymore, I'm just gonna follow. And once you decide to follow, you don't get to decide what following Jesus looks and sounds and acts like. Following looks like love and joy and peace and patience in general. That's the standard. And by the way, when you start living that out perfectly, then you have a right to blog and judge others. Other than that, you just need to focus on Jesus. See, walking in the spirit means I follow Jesus in every action and every action. So when you learn to stay connected, that's the hard work. Will you lay down the rules and invest in developing a relationship with him? That takes a lot of time. I've got great news for those of you who felt like a failure in keeping the rules. There's a better way. The better way is walking in step with Jesus. Sin is not your master because you're not under the law. You are no longer in Adam's line. You are under grace. You are in Christ's line. Following Jesus, it's about a relationship of unconditional love and acceptance. So to remind us of this amazing relationship that we have with Jesus, we're gonna close out our service this day with communion. The communion elements, they were on your seat when you came in today, and communion is just a reminder of this new relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. It's your personal declaration that I have chosen to follow Jesus. And here's the thing. If you're in any of our churches today and you have decided that sin is no longer going to be your master, if you surrendered your life to Jesus and you're following him in every action and every reaction, you're saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be connected to your spirit. After I pray here in just a moment, bands at each one of our campuses are going to come out and they're going to lead in a closing song. What I want you to do is peel back that first layer and take that bread, and I want you to eat that bread as a reminder that not only did Jesus die for our sins, not only was his body broken for our sins, but as a follower of Jesus, sin is no longer my master. And then you peel back the next layer and you drink the juice, letting it remind you that Jesus' blood, it washes away all our sin, past, present, and future. So I am not under the law, but I am under grace. So I want you to eat the bread, Drink the juice during this next song to remind you that this new life that you have in Christ, it is God's amazing gift of love and grace. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity that we have just to celebrate your goodness, your grace, your love. God, for many of us, as we take communion today, it's our declaration of saying, Jesus, I took my eyes off of you my eyes have been off of you for a while. I've got disconnected from you for a while. Today I'm reconnecting and I'm, I'm gonna walk in the spirit. I'm even gonna set reminders on my phone every couple hours to remind me, stay connected to Jesus, look back to Jesus. And then I'm gonna give more time in the mornings, maybe even during my lunches or my breaks or in the evening, to make sure that I'm abiding that I'm connecting. Because God, I I wanna be a conduit. I, I wanna be the branch. I wanna be the branch that bears much fruit. And God, when that fruit begins to happen in my life, you'll get all the glory, and there'll be no judgment toward others from me, because I know it's not me, but I know it's you doing it through me. Thank you, God, for this incredible opportunity to celebrate your grace and your amazing love.